Hi there and welcome to the latest edition of the Jersey uh, Weekly Podcast, the independent Rangers podcast which is brought to you by fans for fans and where the content is free. It is episode 150 of the Jersey Weekly Podcast. I'm your host Colin Armstrong. Uh, as I say every week guys, it's not just the pod that we have here on Jersey. Uh, we have a history archive on the website, there's the forums, articles, match previews, match reports, all that kind of stuff. Frankie's obviously got his social media as well, so get yourself onto that. If you like what we do here at Jersnet, then please subscribe to the YouTube channel, put the word out there on social media, tell everyone about us. Uh, we're live tonight and we're late, which is all my fault. Well, it's all my IT's fault. I had a major IT uh, capacity tonight, uh, so we're running slightly late. Uh, but we're live. The, the pod will be available to download and stream on a variety of platforms from tomorrow, including Acast, iTunes, YouTube, Castbox, Stitcher, Spotify, all your usual uh, places, guys. Uh, so I'll bring in my guests for tonight. Uh, first and foremost, uh, Ian, how are you doing? Not too bad, not too bad. I thought I had problems. Uh, my uh, bulb in my room went just before we came on, so I thought I was in trouble, but uh, compared to you, <laughs> I'm fine. Oh, it's, honestly, it's just been, it's not just been one of the days, it's been one of the weekends, if I'm being honest with you. Uh, so I, I, it's one of those. Uh, but sorry for keeping you up late, you know what I mean? We'll uh, probably get this pod finished at about one in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's your dial-up internet that's causing the problems, isn't it? That's what it is, I. It's because I'm, I'm in, like, you know, this rural field somewhere, but we're not going yet. Uh, and also joining us uh, is uh, Patrick Kasky. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm good. Thanks for asking. I'm equally in un- perfect circumstances since my laptop is broken in, in for repair and my internet's not great. But besides that, um, I'm doing well. Football wasn't the best, but um, quite annoyingly, Scotland's cricket game was on at the same time as well. So I had to pick one. And obviously, they lost, uh, Scotland lost and Rangers drew, so it's not been a good day. Yeah, yeah, my, my laptop's broke as well because I just launched it out the window about 15 minutes ago uh, and had to find a replacement. So, right, uh, on, to, on to today's uh, events, guys, I think we can all agree. Uh, disappointing, really disappointing. You know, a real opportunity when you consider, you know, Hearts dropped points at Ross County yesterday, uh, Hibs dropped points, I think they were playing St Marin. Celtic obviously beat today uh, by Livingston. A real opportunity. To, you know, to extend the lead at the top. We, we went top again today, but we're only top by a point. It could have been three and we could have been six ahead of Celtic. And if it hadn't been for the Dungeon United game, you know, if we'd won all our games, we would currently be nine points ahead of Celtic. So, Ian, it, it kind of feels, even although we have sort of, you know, extended our lead a wee bit, it feels like a, a great opportunity, Mass, to, to, to further extend it, you know, and pull further away from Celtic. And, and to put three points between us uh, and Hibs and Hearts. Yeah, frustrating. I mean, I think that's the, the main word, really, isn't it? I mean, opportunity missed, as you say. Um, whether, you know, at the end of the day, Celtic are probably going to be their closest cha- our closest challengers. So we had the opportunity today to pull further ahead of them at a very early stage of the season and, you know, m- miss that opportunity. Um we're, we're, we're struggling generally to, to find form. I mean, I don't think, I wouldn't say we we're necessarily playing particularly badly, just just not doing, just not getting across the line really the way that, that, that we possibly were last season. So, you know, as I say, frustrating more than anything. Um, and I mean, there's obviously, I think, biggest problem is that a lot of players aren't performing at the, the top of their, their abilities. And when you've got, 
the majority of your team not playing at the best of their abilities, then you know it's not sustainable. So, uh, so hopefully it's a it's a temporary thing. But we'll start to pick up form and, and and start playing better. The 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 bonus is, as you say, is that we're we're top of the league and uh, and a point clear. So, uh, you know that that's the positive. Patrick, it's uh, you know, I think we spoke about this last week. I can't remember who was on, but you know, the the one at St Johnson, uh, we mentioned uh, that you know we had the eighty five percent possession, and then you know five minutes into the second half, we're one 0 down, and it kind of feels like that again today. Uh, you know, twenty four shots on target. Uh, sorry, twenty four shots, seven of those on, on target. We've had seventy percent, well, sixty eight percent of possession. You know, the, everything about the stats, 13 corners to three, you know, everything about the stats points to Rangers dominating that game. Uh, they've had one shot on target, one shot on target, and they've, they've, they've came away with a point. It, it, it feels like it's, it's a, it's a age-old problem, really. You know, if you don't score enough goals and you can't defend properly, you know, you, you don't win football matches. Now, I, I, I wouldn't want to say the Rangers are in crisis, but they're... they're Definitely does seem to be a trend here. In that final third, we don't seem to be as, as cutting as, as we were last season. And we're certainly not defending the way we were last season. You know, we're, we're conceding goals quite a lot at the moment. Uh, so a, a, a bit of a concern, I would say. Yeah, I think obviously last season is a bit of a, a tough barometer to go by, but it's the exact same group of players. Um, that's often been a criticism. Some people have posed the lack of transfer activity in and out this summer. So there can't be any sort of discussions over the lack of continuity, chemistry or um, adjustment to the sort of play style. But yeah, it's the second game in a row. I think Jared mentioned today in the press conference that we've conceded one goal um, whilst the opposition has only managed one shot on target. As well, we managed, as you said, 24 shots, 19 of which were inside the box and um, managed only one goal. Uh, I think the sort of a lot of people came out saying the second half was put on the handbrake, perhaps it was less aggressive, less clinical. And I agree with that, but we shouldn't be in the position with the chances we had in the first half where we go in with only a one-goal lead. Um, we were probably worth a two-goal lead at least at half t- going into the half. And Roof had the key chance just at the beginning of the second half, but um, with 24 shots, you'd expect at least more than one goal. Um, expected goals had us at 2.88, which I think is um, probably fair. Motherwell at 0.8, I think no one would have really complained for a 3-1. Um, I think... Those, one needs to point out, I think the referee had a terrible game today. Um, and I think Motherwell fans would probably be a bit more aggrieved than we would, even though he was quite poor. And at both halves, called it quite at weird times when we were just outside their box. So that makes you think maybe we must have shot and maybe we score a goal, but it's a bit unlikely. But um, I think Motherwell obviously go away the happiest, but they'll be a bit aggrieved at both our first goal, which seemed offside, and a penalty shot that they probably should have got. But then equally, we had a penalty shot turned down. So um, definitely not a good game for the f- officials. And it's getting to this interesting time where we're six games in. Um, I think it's 11 if you count all competitions. And we're either um, falling victim to variance and performing under what's expected of us, or it will be a sort of emerge into a concerning trend that we'll have to buckle. I think that we'll be able to tell that when we get into sort of the four, uh, once we play everyone in the league and once we play Sparta, Prague, and Bromby in the, in the Europa League. Um, and I think if we continue like this, it'll be uh, very concerning and might call for some sort of tactical personnel shift, but I would back the team to sort of get out of the rut. As you said, the stats were overwhelming in our favour and I expect us to sort of get some sort of regression to the mean and if not, that's um, seriously concerning. 
Ian, I mean, on, on the goal, I mean, I, I, I have to agree with Patrick. It did look slightly offside, uh, seeing the replays. But it was good to see that, that you know, Fashion Sakala got the goal. I, I, again, going back to sort of previous shows and sort of stuff that we've discussed there, there has been a feeling recently that all the, the all the players that have come in in the summer, you know, we're approaching October and none of them have yet have, have really had a, a major impact. The one that's probably had the most game time is Lundstrom and, and, and he struggled a wee bit. Looked a wee bit better on Thursday night there, but it still feels like he's got a wee bit to go. And the rest have hardly had, had any impact at all. So even though he did look sort of slightly offside, it was it was good to see him get a start. Uh, obviously, based on uh, Morelos carrying a, a slight knock, but good to see him get a goal. You know, you're, you're hoping that he would, would kick on from that now. I mean, that's I mean, for for strikers, that's really the you know that's that's what gives them their uh, their impetus, isn't it? Is getting the goals and they get the confidence, and that confidence breeds uh, confidence and, and gives them. Uh, you know, hopefully better performances as we go along. I mean, the biggest problem, I suppose, is lack of game time with these guys. So it's hard to judge them. It's hard to judge them on what they're doing, and it's hard to say, you know, they're not they're not playing well because you know they they need time to settle in. You know, they need to get to know their teammates, how they play, how how Rangers play, and what's expected of them, etc. I suppose the concern is that. Why are they not getting the game time? And, and does that mean that Gerard doesn't fancy them and doesn't see doesn't see uh, you know d- d- doesn't think that they would fit into what his plans are? Uh, that that's the concern, I suppose, in, in the bigger picture. Because you know, doesn't matter if, if that is that turns out to be the case, then then they're never going to uh, you know settle into the team no matter how many games they get, and they're probably not going to get those games. So. Yeah, I think yeah, getting the goal definitely is 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 the main the main thing for him. Uh, I thought he looked quite sharp in, in the game against uh, uh, Real Madrid, and the, the finish he had in that game was 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 good. Uh, so I had I had high hopes at that point, but you know it hasn't really kicked on for him yet. But you know I, I can understand why he's not getting uh, being the first pick, but uh, you know with Morelos up against him, I think my biggest. Our slightly bigger concern is, you know, the form of the players who we had relied on last season so much, and they're they're the ones that don't seem to be hitting the heights. And you you wonder whether that's just a case of after you know it's a hangover from last season in some ways. Uh, and you know, judging by some of the celebrations, it might have been literally a hangover for, for some of them still. But but you know the, the, you know when you hit when you do reach that that peak level. It's quite difficult, I would imagine, to to sustain that for the following season, and, and you know, no matter what uh, what there is to achieve, you know, it, it it's got to be a you know it's got to be a come down in some in some respects because you've you've focused entirely in, in reaching that that level that that, that, that brought the, the league title and there's all the hysteria and all the the euphoria after that, and then you know there is a bit of a come down after that, so. You would hope that would be a temporary thing, and as the season progresses, as long as we don't sort of slip too far, then uh, then they'll start picking up again and, and get their confidence back. But but I mean that that I'm, I'm a wee bit more concerned about the players that that are there that we, we should be relying on, and maybe there's just a you know needs needs a bit more freshening up in terms of giving other players a chance. Hey Patrick, the, the, speaking about one of the players that's, that sort of came in. Enforced through injury with the the the, the mention last week uh, with Hollander. 
a lot of talk today around Jack Simpson, and I think there's been a lot of talk about him in general, you know, since he's came in, the, the general consensus that I'm seeing, and, and certainly it's, it's a consensus that, that I would go with, is he's not hit the, the required level in his performances so far. Uh, I mean, today he was, he was caught out in the first half of that sort of big route one punt up the park, and you know, Motherwell nearly scored for You know, McGregor has to sort of scramble it away. If, I can't remember the striker who was coming in at the time. But it, it really was kind of route one football. And Motherwell's goal today, you know, the, the, the equaliser from, from Woolery, you know, his, his defending there isn't great, I don't think. Uh, now, he's, he's not had a huge amount of game time. So I, I don't want to write the boy off. You know, I've seen plenty, in my lifetime anyway, I've seen plenty, plenty of players come in who have not looked apart in the early stage of their career. That, that I've kicked on but the the signs so far are not good and given the, the, the injury to Holanda have you got concerns about having to rely on him over the next two or three months until Holanda's fit again? Uh, yeah I'm, somewhat I think he wasn't that impressive today I think he came for a bit too much criticism if you're using Twitter as a barometer to see the general sort of support and I think the substantiated claims that we shouldn't have loaned out Katic and should have loaned out Simpson instead are quite... I mean, Katic is most likely a superior player, but Katic has already shown that he's of a Rangers level, but he needs consistent game time to sort of re-emerge and rejuvenate at that level, whereas Simpson is still testing out to see if he is Rangers quality and currently, I think he has, whatever, 12 or 13 appearances. The jury is probably out on it, but I, I think the situations are different. I think it's unfair to say that Simpson should have gone loan and Cathy should have signed, but um, or should have stayed rather. But yeah, I do think just the nature of the numbers with Holander out to what seems to be December. Um, Goldson, who is always available, and um, you'd be surprised if he isn't till December. I mean, the little COVID mishap, but that only had for one game. But um, when you just look at the pure numbers, you would expect someone from the B team, most likely Leon King, to play some sort of role within the next few months, you'd be surprised if Balogun, who seems somewhat injury-prone, is able to sustain um, a long time on the pitch. Simpson as well, whether that be injury-induced, a lack of confidence, or just form, you'd expect him not to be in the side the entire time. But um, there's some shouts for Leek um, Bassi. He played intermittently at centre-back at youth level. But yeah, I think um, envisioning when George Edmondson left and obviously Catch left on loan, um, you wouldn't have sort of envisioned this sort of um, circumstances, albeit Hollander is notoriously injury prone, but has been quite lucky at Rangers. This is his first major injury, if I'm if I'm correct. I think it is. But yeah, I think it's not ideal, but I think Balogun and Goldson are, are a decent partnership. Um, against Leon, I think they were both quite good. Um, I think both goals were not to the, due to the fact of either of them. In fact, Goldson's good work was perhaps the reason they own goal because he managed to clear but back onto Tavernier. But it's not the ideal situation. But um, at an SPFL level, I think um, the four of Balogun, Goldson, uh, Simpson, and uh, whether that be Leon King, is more than enough to sustain some sort of form for the next two months. In the European aspect, it's a bit shaky, but Bromby and Sparta are both quite toothless in front of goal, it's seen so far. So I think it's obviously not ideal, but I think the calendar um, missing isn't as large as some people would uh, like to think, but everyone has an opinion and uh, no opinion is more right than others. I mean, the guy is, you know, to be yeah. fair to him, he's, a, he's, a, he's our fifth, basically our fifth choice centre-back. So there's a reason for that, you know, so we shouldn't be, you know, expecting too much from him. I mean, that, you know, that that's that's where he is. Um, I think, I think he'll, 
you know, he's yeah, he's not done brilliantly, but I think I think he'll be reliable enough and given a bit more time, a bit more understanding. Some, you know, with with, with whatever partner he's put alongside, which is probably going to be Goldson. Then you know, I think I think he'll do okay, but I think I don't think he'll be the first choice. Ian, I'm glad this question's coming to you because uh, you're the more senior of the, the, the guests on tonight. Uh, I, I don't know if this is how you feel. Like, like for me, when I look back on seasons when we've had excellent seasons, like the, the first one I can remember is sort of 86, 87, you know, 92, 93 is, is obviously a, a season that stands out. I think the Cadvocat's second season, uh, 99, 2000, another outstanding season. It seems to me every the season after those great seasons. Now, obviously, if you've, if you've had a great season, it's hard to maintain those levels. But it does feel that there's always a bit of a drop off. You know, in '86, '87, we, we lost the league the following season. Uh, in '92, '93, you know, the, the following season we, we had a great run in the Champions League in '92, '93, out in the first round in '93, '94, and even though it was the same players, we, we, we just never seemed to. To, to scale the same heights. And it was the same in, in sort of 99, 2000. You know, Rangers, looked, I think they finished about 25 points ahead of Celtic that season. And then Martin O'Neill arrived and all of a sudden the, the, the roles were uh, reversed a wee bit. Is that how it feels? I mean, I know, I mean, we went unbeaten last season and it was one of the things I said to myself, so, you know, you've got to temper your expectations. You're not going to get another season like that, you know, maybe ever again. You know what I mean? It was, it was such a high standard. But the drop-off does feel... A, bit more significant than, than than you would hope for, you know, in the terms of what we were talking about earlier on. You know, we're not scoring as much and we're, you know, the, the defensive side of things is, is really shaky. Is that how it feels to you that it's it's similar to those sort of previous seasons that, you know, we've had really high heights and then all of a sudden we're, 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 we're down quite a bit from those heights? No, I mean, I think you're right. Yeah. And, uh, obviously, everything you're saying is right. Um the reasons there's probably lots of different reasons for for all of those situations. I mean, '87 uh, we'd butcher out uh, for for much of that season um, when you know he was the mainstay of the team the season before. So that that was a a major factor that season. Um, so so there, there's always factors. Um, I suppose the question is whether or not we are massively down in terms of performances than we were last season. Um, I can remember quite a lot of times coming on to the podcast and we were talking about, well, we're doing okay. We're getting, you know, we're not playing brilliantly, but we're getting results. So the difference this season seems to be that we're maybe playing at the same level, but not getting the goals or the results that we were getting last season. And that's, in some ways, that can just be down to good luck or bad luck. You know, and, you know, you, you hit 20 shots. One game, you might score three of them. One game, you know, somehow we're only scoring one of them. And, and you know, that, that, you can't really, I don't know how you can, you, you can't make a player score a goal. So, you know, it, it, it's, if, if your performance overall is, is, is the same, and you're creating as many chances, then you know. Obviously, there's got to be something done to get the goals and the ball in the back of the net. But um, it's, uh, I don't know whether the performance levels are massively down. I, I just think I just think everything's not just clicking the way we would like it. And uh, you know, I, I don't necessarily think it's a massive time for for panicking in any way, shape, or form. I don't think we're looking at you know the, like the Martin O'Neill 
season or the, the season after uh, Advocate's second season. I mean, I, you know that that there was massive cause for concern that season. You could you could see it right from the very start of the season. There was behind the scenes problems. There was uh, you know play, players that were brought in that just weren't up to the standard that were needed uh, at, at that time, and. You know, advocate himself was sort of seemed to, to to lose it a bit that season as well. So there was lots of things happened that year. I don't see that this season. I just think we're we're just struggling to get going basically, and, and not having the run the run of good luck that you would want in front of goal, and you know conceding cheap goals. But you know we were conceding cheap goals last season as well. They were just masked by the fact that we were we were scoring more. Ferguson was always a big sort of advocate. I say, he always sort of said teams have cycles, you know, and, and they build up and they reach a peak and then they reach a peak and then they come down. Is, is that maybe the case with this team that last year was the absolute pinnacle of, the, of that team's capabilities and now we're seeing it coming down again? Um, it might be. I think the important bit for us is um, whether that peaks in trough, whether the trough we have is still and uh, a level high enough for us to win the league and I think if you're basing it purely on today it might be just due to the sort of chaos and mess in the, um, the other part of Glasgow but yeah I think everything's cyclical especially with football I think a lot of people um, the vote comparison is Liverpool from two seasons ago um, when they won the league had a few Champions League runs in a row and then they sort of fell off um, but that was more induced with the loss of a key player in Virgil van Dijk and I don't think we have that um as much, I mean, Holland was out, but um, Van Dijk's a colossus for them compar- in comparative. It would be like us losing maybe McGregor, Morelos or Davis, someone like that. But I think it's just unfortunate that we have a few players who um, are f- very form players themselves and they're all hitting poor form at the same time. I think Brian Kent is front and centre in that he uh, notoriously, I mean, last year uh, he started on fire, then throughout the winter and early spring was quite poor and then he put it back on again coming to the end of the season. So um, we are naturally just going to see um, good and bit, good and bad bits from him. So hopefully um, this sort of sour, uh, bitter patch um, festers soon and we see some classic Ryan Kent, much like Morelos as well. He's also a classic. Two seasons ago, he has been fantastic. First half and terrible second half. And last year, he's a bit off the ball in the first half and then sort of regresses to what we expect in the, or rather progresses to what we expect in the second half. So I think, that's probably the optimist view. Um, I think the pessimist view is just the players are worse, but I don't see how that's rational. Um, I have every faith that will sort of kick this. And I think a lot of people see the Europa League as a good jumping point for that. I think the expectation that we were going to somehow beat Leon on Thursday at home um, was unlikely. It was possible. Um, they're not in the best form. But I think sort of placing all their eggs in that basket with the Leon fixture probably isn't right. But I do think the doubleheader with Spartan and Bomb we have is a fairly attractive launching pad for us to sort of get the season started. And if we fail to go get some wins in that, then it's very concerning because Bromby have eight points from their first nine. Um, they've only won one and nine in the Superliga. And Sparta, albeit um, our second, they drew with Yablonets today. And um, if anyone wants to sell the Yablonets game, you know how poor they are. But I think that will offer us a good launching pad, um, much like this week's Cup game, and hopefully we can get some form going. Because we had quite a good month between the Leon game and I believe it was the Dundee game. It was a, a full month with uh, only winning. So hopefully we can repeat that and sort of collect those months together and start going on a few few decent months in a row. Ian, I was, I was looking at sort of Stephen Gerrard's comments today and, and, and one, one really stood out. Uh, it, you, you know, he said, we've, we've had these lessons before. And that's a concern. It was almost like he was indicating that he felt 
the players weren't learning from those lessons. You know, whereas last season, you know, if, if, if we were conceding goals from set plays or whatever it was, the team was learning and and and, and nullifying that. Whereas this season. And it does. It seems to be a sense of deja vu. It felt like the St. Johnson game to me today. You know, when you when you looked at the stats, uh, the, the you know the game at St. Johnson. I said earlier on in the first half, it was eighty five percent possession in our favour, and then within five minutes of the, the second half, kicking off from a goal down. Today, you know, we've had seventy percent of the possession on, over the whole ninety minutes. We've had all those shots and goal. They have one shot and goal, and, and managed to get a sneak away with a point. And, so there is a sort of repetitive nature to the, the mistakes and what's happening. Again, is that a concern? And how, and how does Gerard fix it? You know what I mean? It, it, it seems to me that he's noticed it. As a coach, I would expect him to notice it. Michael Beale, Gary McAllister, you know, they've all made comments previously as well that they, they appreciate that the team aren't at their, at their best at the moment and they just need to keep focusing. And Gerard had said a few weeks ago that he'd noticed a sort of thing in training where, you know, the tempo was picking up. And they were starting to see that, that that sort of team for last season re-emerging. But I have to say, on the park, it's it's not really appeared yet. So, I mean, how does he fix it? I mean, because I mean, he, he obviously feels there is a problem. You know, to, to come about and say we've had these lessons before and and we're not learning from them, and, and that's a concern. That would suggest to me that he is concerned that he's 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 seeing things that he thinks. Well, wait a minute, that's that's not the team that I know. That's not the players that I know. Yeah, I suppose. Well. If I, if I knew how he fixed it, I guess uh, I would. I would. Uh, I wouldn't be sitting here. <laughs> but having said that, I mean he's the best. You know what he has. His fingertips is the option to bring in new player or different players within the squad. So, I mean, people have been shouting for Scott Wright to get a, a chance. Well, because Kent's injured, you know, there's there's no question about that you know he can he can come into the team I thought he played okay today but uh, you know nothing uh, nothing startling um, I, I'm still not convinced that he's the, the the answer that everyone thinks or other people think he might be but you know I thought you know I think he's a decent enough player but a, a good squad player but not necessarily wouldn't wouldn't be my uh, my first pick but you know there's a, there's others who could p- perhaps uh, come in you know Bassey perhaps at, at left back the Patterson question as well. I mean, I wouldn't say necessarily that Tavernier's the cause of any of our major problems. I think he's played okay this season so far. So there's, there's no, yeah, for me anyway, uh, I wouldn't say he deserves to be dropped and, and Patterson brought in. But at the same time, I do, I would like to see Patterson in the team in some way. So I don't know whether or not there's a, you know, sort of Gerard talked about the uh, playing them both in, in the same in the same uh, lineup. Whether that's feasible or not, I don't know. But I, I think you know it, it may just need to freshen up a bit. We want we say we're not we haven't got a major player missing. Well, I would say Ryan Jack is a, a player that we're, we're really missing this season. Uh, and to, you know, halfway through last season, we had the impetus last season, so we didn't miss him quite as much. Um, but I, I feel that you know. We're asking a lot of Stephen Davis, uh, the age that he's he's at now, to turn out twice a week and play at the highest level, and 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 he's doing, you know, he's on the international duty as well. So, I think we're asking a lot of him, and I think you know, if if Jack can get back into the team fully fit, a fully fit Ryan Jack, 
and it's a cliche, it would be like a new signing really at this at this stage of the season. And that, that would be a, a real boost, I think, for for the midfield because everything revolves around the midfield. You know, you know, you create more chances, you defend better. So I think there's a stat that, well, I don't know what the stat is, but when he plays, basically, we concede far fewer goals. So, you know, that, that's, you know, if, if nothing else, if we win every game 1-0, then that's fine by me. You know, if, if he can stop the, the other team from scoring or help stop the other team from scoring. So so I think he he has, he has been a big miss for us this season, um, especially just in terms of the numbers. I mean, you know, there's other guys as well, like, you know, Bakuna who brought in, we've not seen him at all. I don't know, I have no idea whether he's any good or not. Uh, I don't know, I don't know whether he deserves a chance or not. So, you know, I think I think Gerard would probably be looking at you know just freshening the team up a bit. So we've got this cup game coming up in, the, in midweek. That's the ideal opportunity to do that. However, we saw last season what happened when we we brought players in, and you know it backfired in, in a couple of occasions where, where we made too many changes and and, and changes in the wrong places. In my opinion, we we, we brought players in that. Uh, or we took we left players out who who we could have really done with keeping in the team. Uh, to, uh, so it's always a risk doing that. But uh, but you know that's that's the games that that generally speaking that that also, that's where it all happen. Yeah, and Patrick, last sort of comment on sort of today's action is it? I mean, given how Ange Ball is going at the moment, you know, it really does look like. Especially away from home, the Celtic are, are, are in real, real dire straits, and you kind of feel that's what I felt today. I, I just felt really frustrated that we'd missed an opportunity to, to go further ahead in them. Uh, and, and is that something that you're feeling that you know we've got a real chance to, to over over the, the first opening? I don't know six or seven games. I mean, I was looking at it today. I was like, Dungeon United game. If we'd won that, and if we had won today. Would have been nine points clear of Celtic. And I'm not saying that's unrecoverable at, at this stage of the season. But that's a big, big gap uh, after after so few games, and it puts a lot of pressure on them to, you know, they've, they've then just got to turn out result after result, just just to maintain that nine point gap. You know what I mean? And one more slip, and then it's ten points or eleven points, twelve points, whatever. And so the pressure on them just builds and builds and builds. Whereas it feels like we're kind of letting them off the hook. You know they're they're not playing particularly well, as I said, especially away from home, uh, and it just feels like we've missed a real opportunity here to to, to have a big a big gap on them already. Yeah, I think um, both sets of fans they leaving the games could use the exact same line. Um, insert we lost, but Rangers drew, and uh, we drew, but Celtic lost. Uh, I think if. If it was nothing in a perfect universe, that is almost unsurmountable. That would give be, let's say you have parity against the rest of the league in your results. That would require Celtic to win all three old firms, which looks like that odds from a bookmaker's off that would be in the hundreds, given the old firms of the past two seasons. But yeah, I think it's frustrating. Um, there's obviously two schools of thought. Um, this was an opportunity missed for us to take even more points and um, further that lead, or it's a good backup to the fact that we weren't on our really on our game we couldn't finish but luckily um, we weren't pay, made to pay that much because Celtic failed to gain any points and from given from this morning to this evening we are in a net positive situation of a point more ahead of Celtic but I think the next month is evidently really important I think we welcome both Hearts and Hibs at home um, in the month of October I think back to back 
So that'll be really important, given that it's at home as well. You expect um, to get six points from that. And I think that will be a big sort of statement if we're able to go on the six points from that, because Hearts and Hibs have been unproportionate. They started really well. I mean, the Hibs are on point, 13 points as well. The 12 points, three unbeaten as well, three, um, three wins and three draws. So I think the uh, matter of Celtic is obviously important because they're naturally going to be the running mates for the entire league campaign. But we do have some interesting matches against some early uh, sort of contenders in the next month. But I think Celtic will do what they do. They're sort of in a weird transitional period. And I think what's quite encouraging is that today's loss came from away from home, not against a fantastic team, um, albeit they played to the game plan is what I heard. But it is an emerging trend that they are very poor away from home which is quite good. You'd rather see sort of all their losses in one sort of ilk rather than them spread about. So you can see that is a genuine trend emerging as opposed to just random variants. But I, I think we're in a good position. The fact that our blows are always softened by the fact that Celtic are yet to hit top gear, despite the fact um, that lots of the media and lots of the noise would make you suspect that they are world beaters and beyond a what Rangers can conjure up. But no, I think it, it's disappointing uh, it's probably the best way to put it. It's not, I'm not angry with the team, uh, but disappointing that we weren't able to extend the lead. But um, it's it's fine. Uh, there'll be more games this season and I full confidence going into most of the firms that will have a, achieve more than parity. And um, we're already are three points ahead of them in the old firm table with three more to go. And I'd expect us to make that six. And given that, I wouldn't expect us to have many more games like today. No one would. Yeah, well, we hope. Hey, right, guys, before we, we move on to discuss other things, I've, I've got to highlight uh, Football Prizes, one of our partners. Uh, there's a prize available at the moment. It's a Stephen Gerrard signed and framed uh, boot. I'm having a wee look at it now. It's quite an impressive uh, bit of gear, bit of kit. Uh, so tickets for this are £5.95. Uh, there are 65 tickets available. Of those, there are about 30 remaining. Uh, the, the, the closing deadline for this is Wednesday, the 22nd of September at half seven. Uh, which is this Wednesday, this coming Wednesday. So get yourself on to footballprizes.co.uk uh, if you want to have a chance of winning that. Stephen Gerrard signed in Frames Rangers boot. I said £5.95, uh, 30 of the 65 tickets available if you want to try your hand at that. Uh, Ian, uh, on a Thursday night and the, the, the Leon game that, that, that you know we lost there, I, I, I mean, I was, I was there on, on Thursday night and... I, I would admit that we were sort of beaten by the better team. I don't think there's any much uh, there's much doubt about that. One thing I would say is that I didn't think there was there was much in the two teams, you know, and I, I felt I, I didn't feel like we were completely out of it. I thought once the second goal went in, it felt pretty difficult. But the, the annoying thing, probably echoes of today, was the manner of the goals. You know, two very very cheap goals. Brian Kent involved in both, uh, giving away possession quite cheaply. And it, and it goes to show you, you know, the old adage that, you know, you get punished at this level. That's what happened. You know, we, we gave away possession cheaply and, you know, Leon punished us. So, I mean, I, I could accept the defeat, but again, there was a slight frustration that the, the, the manner of the goals that we conceded and the time that we conceded, them, especially the second one, you know, I, I just felt like that that, that killed the game as, as a competition. So, yeah, better team, but I, again, I, I felt... Rangers for last season might might have got something out of that game. I think we could have. Uh, I mean, I think in a game like that, there, there is a there's a there's a clear gulf. I mean, and I don't think anybody could argue against it. I mean, you know, Leon are paying 
much more money for players than we are. They've got a far bigger and, and, and better squad than we have. So so the reality is we're not expected to win that game. Um, if you're going to win a game like that or get anything out of a game like that, all your players have to be playing right to the top of their abilities, be, sometimes beyond what you would expect of them. They have to be up for it. They have, I mean, you have to get lucky as well. Um, first half, I thought we were... I thought it was fairly even, to be quite honest. We had a few chances. They had some chances. Second half, it was... Although I don't think... We, we never looked like we were on, on, about to get a drubbing. I felt that Leon, once they got the second goal, just sat back and, and weren't too bothered about uh, about uh, doing anything else. I mean, we, and we didn't really have anything to... to overcome that I mean they, they sat and they were comfortable and I don't think really that we ever threatened them in the second half at all um, and again you know in some ways why should we so we are you know operating in a different sphere than, than they are having said that you know if if the players had been up to the levels that perhaps they were at points last season then maybe we would have got something out of it but I do think that you know the, the result was, was probably what we should have expected from that game, or at least we shouldn't have been surprised to get that result out of it. Frustrating again, because if we had got a goal in the first half, then maybe things would have turned out differently. We'd have had something to to fight for and to defend, and, and we might have uh, been able to do that. But you know, the the, the 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 sort of cliche of like you say, if you make mistakes, you get punished. It's a cliche for a reason, like most of them are, because that is the case. You know, and and we have players that do are prone to making mistakes because that's just the level that we operate at. And if we didn't, then they wouldn't be with us because they would move on very quickly to someone else. So, um, so we get punished for the mistakes, and you know that's that's the reality of the the situation. I'm not. I wasn't. I hate the idea of saying I wasn't bothered about losing that game because obviously I was, but I wasn't. I've seen other games where in Europe where you where we've really thought that's you know we've either been absolutely played off the park uh, or we've, we've lost a game that you know we should never have lost, and I don't think either of those were the the case in Thursday night. I think we we got what we probably should expect to have got out of that game really. Uh, Patrick, the, in terms of moving forward and looking at the group at the moment, I mean, I know it's early stages, it's only match day one, but I mean, when I, when I looked at the, the, the group initially, when, when the draw was made, I was thinking, well, if we could get something against Leon uh, and then the, the two middle fixtures uh, against Bronby, you're thinking, well, that could give you, that couldn't possibly give you nine points, you know what I mean? And then you're in a strong position to qualify then. Already, you know, it looks like Leon are, are strong favourites for the group, and, and it'll probably be between ourselves and I would think Sparta, Sparta for the, the second place slot. So, how do you feel it leaves us moving forward? To, is there still time to recover it? I mean, the, 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 the different nature of the, this season's tournament as well. You know, second place has to now play a playoff rather than automatically going into the, 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 the knockout stages of the, the Europa League. So how how does how do you feel? Are you feeling confident about moving forward, or again does it tie in with this feeling that you know this team has, has peaked last season and it's it's maybe going to come down another way? Well, I, I think the, uh, it was a, was a litmus test to see our um, credentials to finish first. Because um, if you were going to finish first above Leon, you were going to take something and most likely win at home. And I think, I mean, we failed that 
speaking clinically, but I think a fail is probably a bit too hard because I don't think there's that much between the two teams. They obviously deserved the win, but I didn't think we were that poor. Um, but no, I think I would expect us to finish second and there'd be a pretty clear distinction between... Uh, I managed to watch the Bromby-Sparta game in full and it was one of the... I mean, quite a little hyperbole, but it was one of the worst and most boring football matches I've watched. Um, I watched the highlights as well before I watched it in full and two minutes of the four-minute highlight package were substitutions. So I genuinely, whether it be the Rangers of last year or even the Rangers of the year before, I don't think either of them... At home, there was no excuse to not take six points. And then, albeit... Sparta is an interesting game because we won't be playing in front of fans because um, the Sparta fans racially blues are lunch many of Monaco during their Champions League qualifying round. So it'll be played in front of an empty stadium, which is a net positive because there'll be no no fans and it's an away game. So you would expect perhaps maybe some sort of conspiracy theorists if we just get a good result that they can't play in front of fans. Uh, and then Bronby naturally will be slightly more challenging of an away day because they have fantastic fans, really nice stadium. But on a personnel and playing-wise, they massively have massive deficiencies compared to Rangers. They've sort of sold most of their best players, and as I mentioned earlier, um, are at like around a point a game, nine games into their season. So I'm still very confident that will come second. There is a there is a question as to what is better, uh, finishing third and then going down and playing in the Conference League, where you play a team who is hypothetically worse and you have a better chance of going far and adding points to the coefficient, or coming second. And then playing in that sort of what is now the round of 32 playoff round, which um, whoever wins plays around 16. But you will be playing a team like um, like a Sporting or like a Porto, so a team who are quite good as well. The third place finish from each UCL group. So it is interesting, but I would back the team most definitely. I put money on them to come second at this point and probably hover around um, early, early double digits to late single digits, around 9 to 12 points. I suppose what also might be helpful is the fact that if if Leon have already qualified by the the last game, then you know what have they got to play for in that final game? So you know that that could be in our favour as well if if it comes down to that. But you would like to hope that with things would have been sorted before then that that, that last game would be a, a a dead rubber in some ways. Uh, I'm glad I'm again. I'm, I'm glad I'm coming to you with this one, one Ian, because uh, you, you used to work in the, the, the sports press up here. This uh, controversy uh, and in inverted commas around Neil Lennon and Chris Sutton not gaining access. It'd be good to get your views on that because uh, I, I, I mean I don't know. I mean the the, the the thought of Neil Lennon seeking legal action is is, is quite laughable to me. But there's also a part of me thinking. I mean, I don't think it was security concerns. This this line that Rangers are, are, are playing, you know, the, the were a security concern. I think Neil Lennon would have been welcomed in first tonight. No, I'd have certainly bought my beer after last season. You know what I mean? I'd have, I'd have shook his hand after last season. But and Chris Sutton's been to Ibrox before, so I'm, I'm not convinced about the security stuff. I think it's more linked to maybe you know how Sutton behaves as a pundit and some of the the, the lines that he's taken and, and and how critical he is of the club. Uh, so it'd be good to get your views on it because obviously you, you know you used to you used to work in the, the, the football media up here, and you know people who I'm speaking to are sort of still in that that media sphere. They're quite critical of Rangers at the moment, but you're all obviously supporters are very defensive of the club's stance and uh, you know supportive of it. And I'm kind of I'm kind of stuck between the two, if I'm being honest with you. I can completely understand why Rangers are taking this stance. Uh, However, you, you do kind of wonder if it's 
a self-harming position, you know what I mean, long-term and, you know, how many bridges you're burning. But again, I come back to it, you know, it feels to me that Rangers have been getting treated differently from the media in this country for a while. So therefore, I think Rangers are now taking on the stance that, well, we're going to treat you differently. Uh, but it, it doesn't feel ideal, but I, I understand that, if you know what I mean. It would be good to get your perspective. It's a, it is a difficult one because I mean, I, I, I'd find this whole thing a bit of a distraction. and I, I, I wish we weren't embroiled in it at all, to be quite honest. And uh, I understand why fans want to take a stance and I also understand why really media are saying that this is is out of order. This situation with, with Sutton and Lennon is different to some of the other uh, issues that have been come up this season, where you know that has something to do with money and something to do with uh, other aspects. But but with them, I, I, I don't know. I just I just feel that by by banning them. Uh, Rangers have basically played into their hands. If 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 you want to, uh, uh, you know, Chris Sutton, I'm sure, just absolutely loved the the idea that he was being banned from Ibrox and was able to go out and say that. And you know, it, it just it just feeds into a whole sort of narrative that I just don't think we need. You know, I, I just I just feel that you know. It's one thing having behind the scenes issues with, with uh, certain journalists or certain media and, and dealing with them however you want to deal with them. When it starts to become a public argument and, and you know, played out in, in, in this, uh, social media or, or in, in actual media, I just think, do we need this? I mean, you know, that, I, I don't know. I mean, I, the, the, I know you said you wanted me to give you a perspective, but I'm uncomfortable <laughs> with the idea in general of banning journalists, but at the same time, I completely understand why some some people should be banned, or or, or why people would say that some people should be banned. When it comes to guys like uh, Lennon and, and Sutton, I just think all you're doing with them is just giving them a, a you know something to, to to gloat about in some ways, and and it's a badge of honour for them in some ways as well. And I think I don't think it's it does anybody any favours at all, and 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 at Rangers so. I don't know what the reasoning behind it was. If it was a security issue, then you know, fair enough. Um, if it was just out of spite or just to, to punish them or something like that, I just wonder what what the what the the long term gain to that is, and, and and how how the whole thing is expected to pan out because it just seems to be to be a distraction, and it just we're getting involved in stupid arguments and petty stuff that I, I just don't think as a club that we necessarily need to I don't think we should be given Chris Sutton for instance the the, the satisfaction of, of doing that but I mean that's that's just a, a personal opinion but I, I, I don't think it's a big press freedom thing in his case because he wasn't even there to cover our game so it's not that's not really an issue it's not as if we're saying you can cover our game but you can't it, it's purely you know you're not welcome in our stadium, and you know, for whatever reason, um, or you're not allowed in our stadium for whatever reason. I just don't know what the, I, I just don't know what the benefit of it is from other than sort of a little bit of playing in the gallery, and that, that you know, I, I don't know if that's necessarily the best way forward. Maybe yourself, Patrick, is it is it necessary, or as as Ian says, a unnecessary noise? Uh, I think it's a bit of a side of. Uh, 
What I did find funny is that on the basis of it was a security concern, some people were saying that yeah, Neil Allen was banned on a security concern. It's outrageous because he would be welcome with open arms and would get a standing ovation if he ever looked out of the gantry, which I found really funny because I thought that would be true if Neil Lennon emerged from the press box. He would be met with rapturous applause from the Rangers fans. Uh, Chris Sutton, on the other hand, I mean, a lot of people see him as just sort of um, adding fuel to the fire. I, I don't think the necessarily revoking their press privileges does anything. Uh, I, I think it's quite funny, but as Ian said, it does kind of play into his hand. Um, you saw he was probably waiting to do, uh, tweet out, uh, didn't miss much when Rangers lost. But um, the thing I also liked was one of the guys from TalkSport um, saying we should stop covering Rangers. And I think that would do a lot of health to everyone everyone involved with Rangers playing TalkSport or the cesspit and not great and sort of run the sort of uh, soft football's terrible Rangers, that sort of thing. So um, if this came with TalkSport, not covering Rangers, I would have been happy. But in general, I think it's a bit of a sidetrack, which isn't necessary. Um, I think, as Ian said, it really just does play into the hand of people who you might consider trolls or whatever. But I think the idea in which it's, I think Graham Spear said it's forging on 1950s Russia and China, that's some sort of overarching crackdown on press freedoms and ability to freedom of speech is probably a bit over the top. But yeah, I, I think it's just a bit unnecessary. It's hardly it's unique as well. I mean, you know, Rangers are not the only club that bans certain journalists. I mean, there was somebody from Soccer AM, I don't know who the guy is, uh, said something earlier about uh, similar, in a similar vein, you know, maybe we should stop covering uh, Rangers now if they're going to pick and choose who, who they're allowed to cover. Well, they didn't say that when when Manchester United were banning the BBC from from covering uh, from covering Manchester United. Um, nobody ever said uh, that everyone else should uh, stop covering Manchester United because uh, it's, a, it's an infringement of the, the press freedom because they're banning the BBC. So they pick and choose, obviously, when it's uh, you know when, when it matters really. And you know the reality is that you know. Lots of teams ban journalists all the time. Whether it's a good thing or a bad thing, to single out Rangers for for it just seems to me to be, you know, just having a go Rangers for for the sake of it, as as is often the case. And maybe that's yeah, why we are where we are. I, I mean, I remember. That, uh, I mean, I, I'm I'm having a wee chuckle at myself when I, I see a lot of Celtic fans comment on them at the moment because. You know, I remember them holding press conferences in Baird's Bar. Do you remember yeah. that? <laughs> <laughs> so that no journalist would... Have, if any journalist... I think Hugh Keevans asked a really controversial question and some sort and of... Get, just get <laughs> so, I mean, as you say, there has been instances in the past that, you know, clubs have uh, you know, removed press privileges or, or banned certain individuals. Uh, but uh, I think it's more the reasons given for this one, the security reasons aspect. I, th- I kind of thought... It's a bit strange, and I, I, I don't, I don't buy that for a minute. I, I think that's a line. I think there's other reasons for it. Maybe reasons that are behind the scenes. I don't know, but I kind of, I kind of have to say, I agree with both of you. Even though you're a wee bit, yeah, I get it up. I'm, you know, don't want them in eyebrows. You know, when you when you look at it with a sort of level head, you're like, well, what does it actually achieve other than a bit of, you know? The other thing as well is the, the other thing as well. You know, and in, in fact, you know, we're, we're all we're all irrational when it comes to being a, a fan. You know, we, we you know fans want action taken against journalists and they want to crack it down. They're like, get it up, you, you know, we we don't need you anymore, which is fair enough. At the same time, people want 
positive coverage in the you know the you know in the run I, I read something somewhere in the run up to the Old Firm game saying Rangers should be pulling in all their favours to make sure there's pressure on the the referee so we make sure you know because of his his previous uh, mistakes in the Old Firm games and uh, and I thought well how are you going to do that because who who are you going to turn to to say oh, put you know you know, get a, a nice uh, uh, wee story and, uh, you know, a friendly journalist. Well, if you're going to alienate everyone, then, you know, that's not going to happen. So you have to balance it. You know, there's got to be, that's the whole reason we have PR people is because we need to build relationships with, with it's not a question of just saying burn the bridges. You need to get in, you, you, you can get rid of the ones you don't like or, or, you know, freeze out the ones you don't like. But you need, at the same time, there needs to be a policy of, of cultivating the, the journalists that you do want and you need to have relationships with these newspapers and, and media organisations. Otherwise, it's always going to be a, a constant stream of negative publicity against the club. So, you know, you know I, I don't think just saying, like, chucking it all out in one go is a good idea. I think, you know, there has to, if there is going to be a, a some sort of action taken against individuals, then you have to ba- balance that up with you know, not just throwing the baby out of the bathwater and, and going go in and, 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 you know, just, you know, you need to you need to cultivate relationships and you need to have relationships. And if you don't, then longer term, is, it's not a good idea. Right, guys, on to, on to Wednesday night's game. Uh, I'm going to quickly cover that before we, we wrap things up for tonight. Uh, actually, obviously... You know, Flemington beat Celtic today. I know we were saying earlier on that you know Celtic away are, uh, you know, they're not they're not great at the moment. They're a they're, they're a very poor side away from home. But you would imagine that uh, Livingston would, would take confidence from that, and, and especially when you look at what Motherwell done against today. And you know, I know Ian was talking earlier on about you know there's a chance to freshen up the the, the side, and and maybe that's what's needed. But it, it also well, would you trust anyone at this particular moment in time? Would you want to freshen up the side at this particular moment in time? Because you know it's an important game. You don't want to you don't want to lose it. If you lose it, it you know it puts more pressure on on Stephen Gerrard and the players and all that kind of thing. So it's it's, it's kind of a tricky one. You know you you want to win it, but you also want to freshen things up. You know what do you do? Um, luckily, we played them at home already this season, and we came out favourable. Albeit there was a sort of period of lull between 15 minutes before and after um, the halftime whistle. So there is some confidence knowing that we beat them three 0 um, Albeit they obviously coming off win against Celtic at home. Whether you how much um, you attribute that to the pitch and the nature of playing in front of, I mean, they don't really have a home crowd, but mainly the pitch, the plastic pitch makes quite a difference. Uh, I think. The one thing you have to do is the defence needs some sort of continuity, most more so than anywhere else on the pitch. So I'd be surprised. Um, there might be some shots for Barisic's play, just given his sort of Barisic has looked a bit lethargical, albeit his delivery has been quite good. But I'd be surprised if there's any sort of variation and deviance from a, a back four of um, Tavernier, Balogun, Goldson and Barisic. Albeit the two fullbacks could be switched. Uh, Patterson has been sort of devoid of playing time. And that's something yeah, which is uh, inopportune for a player at this sort of stage of development. But uh, I think the one thing you, you can't see is that I really, as much as I like Stephen Davis, I don't think you can see him play on Wednesday. Um, he's just, he's been, as already being run to the ground. And I don't think the idea of playing him in four games within 10 days is sustainable. And I think we're really running the risk of him getting some sort of long-term 
even maybe debilitating injury, which will have serious um, effects given his age and his ability to recover. Much like I would be surprised if Alan McGregor plays. I think Robbie McCrory might get a run out because he was somewhat convincing and quite good in the two games um, he played. But um, I would be surprised if Davis and McGregor play. Uh, but I do think it's an opportunity to get a few players in, but I would be very surprised if there's any wholesale changes. Just given the fact that despite it only being quarterfinal of the Betfair Cup, there is some sort of outward pressure from everyone, given the fact that Gerard Wrightley wrongly has garnered this sort of reputation as a manager who doesn't do well in domestic cup competitions. And you can argue with that label, given the fact that we've failed to win any of the cups when he's here. And I think that's probably something a monkey wants to get off his back, most definitely, given the fact that depending on what happens in the coming year or two, he might not get too many more opportunities and he might be pushed by a team down south. So I think there'll be some sort of deviation from the lineup we see traditionally, but I'd be very surprised if we see any of the players who are sort of aging towards um, their last season or two play. And I think this is a perfect opportunity to get Bakuna 90 minutes, maybe get a 90 minutes on Lundstrom um, and see one of the goalies for 90 minutes. Ian, uh, again, given that you're of a, of, of a similar vintage to myself, uh, I mean, I can remember going to the Scottish Cup final in, in 1992 uh, and we beat Airdrie, I think it was 2-1. I managed to scrape, scrape a ticket for the Airdrie that day. Uh, and I, I very nearly never got in because the, the policeman noticed I had a Ranger shirt under my denim shirt, but got in, saw them win it, and it was the first time in 11 years that the Rangers had won the Scottish Cup. And I genuinely thought that day, I thought, well, that will never happen again. You know, we'll never see them going, not winning the Scottish Cup for that length of time again. And here we are, we're, we're, we're 10 years since we won any domestic cup. Now, I know there's there's, there's reasons behind that, uh, you know, 2000, uh, 2012 and everything that happened after that. But it's a long, long time to go without uh, winning any domestic cup. And, and, and although we've had Scottish Cup hoodoos in the past, we were habitual winners in the League Cup and it would be good to see one of them come back at least you know what I mean it's, it's been so long uh, you know and this presents us an opportunity to get to another semi-final and, and give us an opportunity to do that Yeah I, I wasn't I wasn't that bothered last season about uh, the Cup games other than you know you don't like to lose games but uh, you know my, my, my feeling last season was priority was the League and that that was all that mattered, truly. Um, I think now, you know, we can be a bit more sort of greedy, and we, you know, I think I think a cup, it's a good day out, apart from anything else for for the supporters. And winning winning a trophy where you stand and you lift the cup, it's a great, you know, it's a good a good day basically. And I think it's good for the players as well, uh, and it fosters that sort of winning winning feeling as well. So, yeah. I think I think the, the the cups this season are much more important than they were last season. I wasn't that bored last season, but this season I think as it continually, if we get knocked out of the, the cup on, on Wednesday, that will perpetuate that narrative that Patrick was talking about as well. That, that Gerard can't do it in cups as well. So, you know, I think I think overall it's important for for moving on for this season um, that, that that we that we progress and I you know winning the cup is. Yeah, it's it's a it's a it's a, a good thing. In some ways, it's a bonus, but at the same time, when you you know if you're winning the if you win the league and hopefully we'll win perhaps win the league again this season, you want to build on that and, and get more than just uh, just the one trophy. So yeah, definitely definitely more important this season than it was last season. Yeah, absolutely agree. I would I would love to, 
Well, I might not get a ticket for a final, but I would love to to get that that sort of feeling again, you know, back at Hamden and, and seeing them winning a, a domestic trophy. Guys, looking at the time and looking at the agenda, uh, that's us for this week. Uh, so a big thanks to Ian and Patrick for their contributions. Uh, brilliant stuff from them. Uh, we'll try and get a, 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 preview show, a preview show out on Tuesday night for, for the Livingston game. And we'll see what we can do next week. Obviously, we'll be back next Sunday with the flagship show as well. Hopefully, a bit earlier than tonight. Apologies, that was my IT that uh, that let us down. But in the meantime, get yourself onto the JersNet website and forums at www.jersnet.co.uk. Until next time, guys, bye for now.